Hello again. Today we have Amy Peters. She is one of the owners of the Pizza Oven in Inwood, West Virginia. Her and her husband are also the race directors of the South Berkeley Christmas 5K. Amy, thanks for being on the podcast. I am excited to be here. This is so great. So it's race director talking to race director. So I look forward to hashing out, you know, you guys have a, a what I consider to be one of the most successful 5Ks in the region. And Bros and Bras has had some really nice entry-level 5Ks. Successful in their own right, but they don't quite scale to what your race organization turned into. So in this conversation, I, as with most of the podcasts, we're going to talk about some of the background and how it came up. And as the as the information gets more and more juicy, we'll break into like some of the challenges and successes that you've seen. And then... You know, what recommendations maybe for others that believe that a 5K might be a great fundraising event? Right. Okay. Yeah, love that. So what year are you in? How many times have you done this 5K? So we are in our 12th year. Uh, We originally started in 2010 was our inaugural race. And here we are in 2022. Okay. Still kicking it. Nice. Um, What inspired you to do a 5K? Um, well, my husband is a runner, so we'll start there. Um, so he got into running back in, um, gosh, uh, it was probably 2005-ish and uh, really loved it, decided it was something that he enjoyed. It kind of pushed him. I think I remember one day asking him why he ran. I said, are you running towards something or are you running from something, you know, cause I'm always thinking psychologically about sure. people and what they're doing, where they are in their life. And he, it wasn't like he ran track in high school and that sort of thing. So I think it was a, uh, that was sort of like his midlife crisis, right? That he ran just to kind of prove that he was still a man and, you know, you know, the male ego is a, it's a whole other podcast, right? Totally. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you have to explore your limits, right? Yeah. Am I a 5k guy? Am I a marathon guy? Am yeah. I an ultra marathon guy? I, I get it, Mark. I get yeah. it, bro. Yeah. So, uh, so he, he would run, we would travel a lot of places. He started with 5ks, uh, which then increased to 10ks turned into half marathons. And he's even got a, a quite a few marathons under his belt, but nonetheless, he was in into running and it just so happened that in our small community in Inwood there is we have our own Christmas festivities just like a lot of small towns or neighborhoods or whatever have and and ours is uh, I guess probably started about maybe 10 or 15 years prior to 2010 so they've been doing it for quite a while and um <clears throat> what they would do is they have a, a Christmas tree lighting they do a um they do a, a parade that happens. Um, they do, they, they, um, I guess, celebrate different citizens in the, in the area, in the neighborhood. They point them as like honorary guests and things like that. So it, it's a kind of fun little kind of kickoff to the holiday season, you know, to the Christmas season. It's always the first weekend in December, always doesn't matter the date. It's always just that first weekend in December. So they had come um, to our restaurant asking for a, a donation to help with their with their parade and said we would love they knew Mark was runner they said we would love if Mark would like to <coughs> maybe incorporate a, a 5k race in addition to you know our parade to kind of make it part of this festivity so they had done um, the, the one of the cross-country coaches from Musselman High School um, had decided that he would do like a little race. So we had seen a little flyer once at one point that there was going to be a 5k prior to the the parade. And um, I think Mark ran it once or twice. And I think both years there was maybe 20 people ish, you know, it was just like a bunch of guys that got out, they sure. put on their gym shorts and, you know, they ran three miles and right. there was nothing afterwards. There was no water. There was no, there was nothing. I mean, it was just, Hey, ready, set, go. Let's run this course, whatever. Um, so they came to Mark and they said, Hey, we know you're a runner. Uh, we would love to see you kind of, uh, kind of reinvigorate this race or maybe do something with it. And, um, we've always been fans. Mark has always been fan of another race, the Apple Trample in Martinsburg, which also coincides with the Apple Harvest Festival and the Apple Harvest Race <clears throat> and are the parade. So that race actually goes on prior to the parade. Same reason. If the roads are going to be shut down for the parade, why not take advantage of that and allow people to actually run on the roads? Uh, unlike Berkeley County, uh, or unlike Jefferson County, I should say, because Jefferson County has a lot of really great running areas to, to be able to host races. Berkeley County, I feel like doesn't have quite 
as many of those opportunities. So when you have an opportunity to have the roads shut down, you're going to seize the moment. So that's a really big deal. I've, I've wanted to do that in like Charlestown many, many times. It yeah. just isn't an option. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, you know, there, there's a, it, it's a lot of headache, you know, it takes a lot of, uh, permits. You need, uh, police, you need approvals from, from places. And it, it just causes a little bit of a, um, I guess a little bit of a traffic issue. So they have to make sure that they have all of those things in place. So anyway, um, so they, they came to ask Mark if he would be willing to do that. And we were like, sure, let's, you know, let's do it. We said, we want to pick the charity. Uh, it, it would be a, a, a nonprofit race. We would want the money to go to a charity. We wanted the, um, we wanted to make that choice of where the, the money went. And they said, we don't care. You know, you do you. And, and they kind of gave us carte blanche to do what we wanted. That's so great. That's so great. I remember when we had, um, when Bros and Bros was kind of just up and just getting started, my dream was to have a 5K. And instead of, nobody was asking us because we were just a, a rabble of runners that would mm -hmm. show up a couple times a week. But I met with um, the mayor and city council and I said, hey, I, I want to have the idea of having a 5K in downtown Charlestown. <clears throat> and they were like, well, where do you think the course would go? And I hadn't thought about it mm -hmm. because I hadn't gotten a permission yet. If I could get permission, then I could design a course. But on the fly, I told the mayor, I said, well, what? where would you like your 5K to go? Nice. I mean, it's our 5K, but I can build a course around anything you want. So I put it back in their hands with the perception that it's their 5K. And they wanted to highlight the historic areas. When they chose the historic areas of it, I said, okay, here's the proposed course. You guys can now tell yourself no. So it wasn't me saying I want to run this particular mm -hmm. route. It allowed me to that give just design it for them, so they would turn themselves down. <laughs> that way, that's, I knew we were going to have smart. it. Very smart. Thank that's you. Brilliant. Yeah. And um, I love that. And we had we had that race. It was called the West Virginia Day 5K. I think we had it four or five times. You okay. know, and then we we stopped it um, leading up to COVID just because. Um, the, the club was headed in a different direction and the amount of volunteers and staff that we had just wasn't necessarily there. And my, my priorities personally were shifting as the leader of the club. So I had other businesses opening that was going to pull me away. So this was the first West Virginia day this past year where we didn't have the 5k. Um, so it's hard to, it's hard to know where to start because there's so many questions from one race director to another. <laughs> So it's really cool that they, the community asked you to do it. Uh, what or, what was the organization you chose? So we chose the Berkeley County Humane Society. Nice. Uh, Mark and I don't have uh, children of our own, but we definitely have a fondness um, for animals, as I believe most people do. Sure. Uh, most people have a pet in their home. And, um, you know, we kind of feel – I think we always carry that soft spot in our, in our hearts for – for probably for both children and animals for a sense that a lot of times they can't choose sure. their outcome. Whereas adults, a lot of times we can, you know, we have the free will to be able to make our decisions that lead to uh, where we are, or where we end up. Right? Um, right. Animals, right. Don't have that luxury, neither do small children. So um, I think that's why those types of organizations or nonprofits are, um, you know, hold a, hold a soft place in people's hearts. So let's think back to your first year. Hmm. <laughs> the the community probably asked you in maybe July or when do you, do you remember how that far back when they approached you? Um, I believe it was probably, um, it, they may have even pl planted the seed possibly like the year before. So it probably was about summer ish. And, um, they said, they said, come in and have a meeting with us. Like right. give yeah. us, yeah, have a meeting with us. Tell us your ideas. Tell us what you want to do, what you think, what your, what your goal is, that kind of thing. And, uh, so we set up, uh, a time <clears throat> and we went in and we met with them and, uh, they said, okay, so what's your goal? And we were like, we want to have a hundred participants. That's our goal. We want to have a hundred, we want to have a hundred runners. Well, there were crickets in that room. They all were kind of like, you know, gulping. They're like, you know, and they were like looking around at each other and we were like, Mark and I looked at each other like, what, what's, what's this about? And they said, you know, that anybody who's ever done this race before, you know, in prior years, there's only been like maybe 20, 25 tops. Oh, so you know, that's the opposite of what I was Yeah. So they're like, there's no, you know, I, they didn't say there was no way we we're going to get a hundred. They were just kind of like, good luck. 
Nice. Right. And and we said, you know, we, we, we think we have a pretty good handle on it. We've been to a lot of races. We we kind of know what we like, what we don't like. We wanted to incorporate all the good things, right? Make sure we didn't do any of the, the negative things that, that Mark didn't enjoy as a, as a runner. And um, we had to set up a tent in the front of Musselman High School yep. in the grassy area. We sent up, set up this huge tent. And it was it, – it's a huge ordeal. Huge, huge, huge ordeal. And um, set up a tent, that is. Yeah, right. to set up a tent. Yeah, and to to hold all of the things, you know, the registration and the people and the and the post race stuff. And um, it, it's almost like you know when they say you take those the thoughts, you kind of suppress all of the negativity. Like, and you only want to think about the positive things. Right. It's like you're like you're struggling. Like I sometimes don't remember a lot about those earlier races because it was just so traumatic of just being outside in the elements because our race is the first weekend in December. And a lot of it is dependent upon the weather, the success, the turnout. Um, that particular year, um, we felt was a pretty successful year. Now, this was bare bones. Sure. Um, we incorporated some help from some other race directors, right. um, from from some cross-country coaches, and we did timing manually. I was going to ask about that, yeah. Manually. Meaning, as people came across, we had a little clicker that they use in cross-country. We had a form and a clipboard where we wrote down bib numbers. That's right. Uh, we also pulled a piece of the bib. We put it on a little uh, clothes hanger yep. hook. Redundancy, yep. Yep. And we handed them a card. I mean, like we like we did like perfect. several levels of Absolutely this. perfect for a first 5K. Yeah. Or, uh, perfect for an organized first 5K. Right, right. And, uh, and it, you know, I think I, our preacher was out there with the clicker. <laughs> Like we just we we grabbed anybody we could. He came to give the blessing. The you know did a prayer before the race, and he ended up. Um, we we said we need we need extra help. You know what it's like at the beginning of the race. You're like you just you're scrambling. Like here, you know, Bill, take this clicker. Um, so you know that so, so much scrambling. Yes, <laughs> so much. And then there's that manual processing of results. And as a brand new inaugural race. We didn't have the technology that a lot of probably, you know, runners, when they go to a race, they expect to see those, you know, those results instantly. Everybody was asking for the results and it's a very technical thing. So I'm sitting and I'm, you know, I'm with working with somebody else and we're trying to do the results and we're trying to, you know, the age groups and the, all of that. And it's very technical because, you know, the first three runners are in like six different age groups and you're just right. trying to place them where they need to go. But people are running up and they're asking you like, do you have the results yet? Do you have the results yet? Do you have the results yet? And I'm like, no. And I'm trying to, you know, work with this guy and we're trying to get all the results done the best way we can. Um, overall, we felt it was a successful race. I mean, you have just under 200 what that's why just it sounds under, un overwhelming yes yeah, just so under 200, 200 runners first race yes yeah, just under, i think it was like 189 something or that's awesome so well hold on i got questions oh, okay all right what was your finish line did you have an inflatable yet or was no. it just like a, a no. banner or uh, just some cones I, mm, that's a good question i don't i believe i believe it was a banner i think actually if i'm not mistaken and too bad mark's not here um, it, he built this structure out of PVC pipe. Nice. Yeah, I can see it. I can <laughs> it see was, it in my head. He built it and it was going to have a banner across the, you know, that said finish. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I don't know if he, I, I, to be honest, I don't know in the whole host of things, if it actually survived or if they went, when they moved it, it kind of like didn't hold Fell up apart. or if the wind blew oh. it or like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know if it was weighted or not. So. I believe there, like that was the only year he tried that mm -hmm. that that particular thing. Lessons learned. Lessons learned. So no, we did not have anything. We had a few. We had a few cones that I believe we borrowed from Musman High School. Um, they had some. And um, how about course markings? Uh, I believe course markings were people. Mm -hmm. Volunteers. Volunteers. Uh, we did have some signs we made, I think, at some point across. And again, it all becomes a blur because I don't know what we did what year. Because each year. You're always trying to make it better the next year, right? So you're taking what fell apart and fix it and make it better for the next year. And you, we can't do that again. You know, we definitely need to do this. So each year, it's always tried to be an upgrade. We're always trying to upgrade and make something better than the year before. That's great. The um, I know with ours, 
Bracken's painting just stepped in and paid mm-hmm. for a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And we didn't buy big $20 cones. We bought the little short Amazon cones and we, we kind of went with the bed bread trail. Mm-hmm. I know that in my racing experience, just like Mars probably, there are courses that aren't marked well and we hate mm-hmm. it. So as race directors, we gotta make we gotta find a way to make sure it's marked. So our first race was at Sam Michaels Park, which is a cross country running course. Um so we marked it with like spray paint in the grass. We marked it with cones and we marked it with signs. And if anybody got lost on our course, they had to try to get lost because it was <laughs> very, very clear where you were supposed to run. Um but I also juiced in with sponsors. So I our we had sponsors donate their own signs that had arrows on them. So mm. we gave them kind of the parameters on how big the arrow has to be and that it needs to be a sign that can be straight up, left, or right. So their logos had to also pivot. So it's kind of like you do four different sections. Yeah. So no matter what, their logo is there. And this one's sideways and this one's upside down. Does that make sense yeah. based on their arrow? Um, so that helped with our cost. So tell me about – I'm getting ahead of myself too. Before we talk about sponsors, tell me about how how the event grew from year one all the way to last year. Okay. So it was funny because, um, you know, after that first year, there was a, um, a follow-up with the parade committee. Um, so And the race course is the parade course. It is. It's the parade course. So the, like the moment it closes. Mm-hmm. So ideally, the parade always started at two thirty, and so what we do is we do the parade at two, and so that way the, the race at two. Yeah, the, I'm sorry, the race at two, so that the parade then is at two thirty still. So, um, so they did sort of a uh, debriefing, you know, after the after the event, and they had a, another little meeting, and so we went in with them, and the first order of business on their <laughs> agenda was the was the race, and they said, "Good job." We're going to cap you at 500 people, people, okay, participants, because they saw the influx of an additional almost 200 people, right? You know, they didn't think we were going to get it 100, you know, and here we are showing up with 200. So we thought it was pretty successful that year. I think our donation to the shelter was roughly, I don't know, it might have been a thousand dollars okay maybe ish I don't, I don't remember um our our largest year um i i say that we're still in sort of like the rebuilding our largest year was the year before covid which would have been uh 2019 that's right um and we had over 1200 participants so that's how our race has grown um I feel, I feel like years. you've been plateauing at a thousand, right? It's been about a thousand. I think last year, um, I think it might have even been like eight hundred or you know something like that. So again, we missed a whole year of of racing, but yeah, I think the the biggest year was twelve forty. I think that was the official number at one point. But that's amazing. And then when you have, let's say, a thousand show up, mm-hmm. what is the approximate donations you're putting to the Humane Society? Um, well, the good thing is that it's funny because as you grow. It's all a a numbers game. So, you know, our registration fee is relatively inexpensive. We try to obtain sponsors, and I know we'll talk about that in a second, um, to kind of help pay for the cost of everything. Because it's not just, you know, oh, let's have a race today. You know, there are things that you need in order to do the race, right? Like you just mentioned, the the cones and the the arches. And so, you know, a couple of the things that we've realized and that we bought early on in the early stages was, um, you know, we're a bunch of arches and we, we have streamers and we have, you know, all the things finish that shoots. You finish. I mean, all of it. Yeah. yeah I mean, you need and, yeah. all of the things. So you need all of that. Um, in order to make it work, we also, uh, upgraded to a timing system. Now this was probably three years in as our race grew. Um, cause I think the second year it was close to about five or 600, you know, ish, or maybe it was four and then the next year it was six and you can't manually time that many people. No way, right. Um, I and, can't believe, I can't believe you did 200 people. Right. Well, I remember looking at Mark at the end of the race, this was the second year in the weather wasn't as nice um it was really cold it was really windy um i was freezing it was you know there were 400 people we were trying to manually do the race results um and it was just i was not having a good time i was not having fun and i remember after the race was over (laughs) that evening i looked at mark and i said next year we will pay a company 
to time this race. I'm like, I will not be a part of anything that is because it's just too stressful. It was it was just too much. So we incorporated uh, race timing. So we do pay a third party company to come and do the race timing for us. So that is an expense. So we have to find sponsorship to to pay for those expenses. Now, in the course of the last ten years, and I can't t- I can't break it down per year, but in the last uh, twelve years, or this is the twelfth year, so the last eleven years, um, we have donated. Uh, over a hundred thousand dollars has probably been. That's amazing. Yeah, it's good over for you guys. 000. Yeah, and people listening to this who may be like, "Hey, we would need to have a five k to raise some money for our nonprofits or to donate to whatever cause that you care about." That's exceptional. A hundred thousand dollars in that many years is exceptional, and I think not only because you guys put on a really great race and a really great event, and it pairs up with a parade and. The community around it is just so strong, but you also have a strong business model that talks about the sponsorships. Mm-hmm. Sponsorships bring in a ton of money that offset either the cost per racer or offset the expenses of having a race. And I'll just break down some of the expenses of having a race, right? Almost every race gives you a hat or a t-shirt. I don't care who you are, that t-shirt's going to cost you between 6 and $11 per shirt. So if you have a $25 race that's giving you a t-shirt, you can kind of do the math on that. It's already, say, $9. And then there's race registration and, and the race, not race registration, but the race insurance, which for us was typically $300 per race, no matter how big it was. But if you have only 100 racers show up, whereas bros and bras would have between one and 200 racers show up, that means it's $3 per runner of that registration mm-hmm. goes to the registration cost. So now, $9 shirt plus a $3 registration is uh, now you're at $12. And then let's say we weren't good at getting sponsors and we had to go buy some stuff from Panera and they donated kind of a half off deal with bagels and bananas and some spreads or whatever. And then got to go buy some water bottles. Now it's about $1.50 to $2 per racer for the after race refreshments. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now we're at 15 ish dollars, let's say. Then there's the. If you were slick enough to have timing, because most of our races just didn't, I was like, we're just not going to, Yeah, we're just not going to do times. Okay, guys, you time yourself. Right. But because timing would range between $4.50 per runner and up to $9 per runner. Yep. And if you use that real high speed out there, Chris Burns with your awesome cycling timing system that I don't, we don't run that fast, bro. His was close to $11 per runner way back when he yeah. first started. Insanely, not saying you're high, Chris, but I'm saying- that was high for what we could push mm-hmm. through um, based on our numbers. And so the cost of a race that does not have very, very strong – oh, hold on. Venue rental. So we had to rent the time at the at the course at Sam Michaels, and that was always around $300. Mm-hmm. So next thing you know, yeah, you've up. got 18 to $24 in expenses, uh, and then there's trophies, and then – oh, medals. medals. Forget about yeah. it. Medal, yeah, medals. Yeah. yeah. So next thing you know, the cost to do a race is right around $25 to $27, not including all the other expenses and infrastructure that you have to have in place. So now let's talk about, because we were okay at getting sponsors, but we weren't that good. Like we might get 400 to 1,000 in sponsorships on a race. And then, <clears throat> I'm not going to get into details. So how do you pick up so many sponsors guys i feel like sometimes you have between 20 and 50 different sponsors we have a, we've been really um we've been really blessed with that part of it now i am i'm a little tenacious um when it comes to asking for sponsorship i think a lot of it is because i just i'm passionate mm-hmm. about the cause um i'm passionate about the race um i i i love the fact that you know when we hit 1240 in, in participants, we became the largest 5k in the state of West Virginia. What? I know. Right? That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, that to me was, you know, bragging rights. And so we, you know, we like to, you know, we like to kind of promote that. But we also try as a business owner, I'm like, as a business owner, what would make me want to sponsor this race? Okay, because, you know, as a business owner, you get hit from every angle, you know, left, right, up, down. I mean, like every single day, someone's walking into the restaurant asking for, you know, a donation for something, you know, and we want to give back to our community, you know, especially for me in Inwood, because I'm from South Berkeley, you know, so I graduated from Musselman and I, you know, that's, 
that's my end of the county, you know. So we we want to be part of of the community. So we try to give back as much as we can. But we also, as a business owner, we're like, what would what would incentivize other businesses to want to donate to this race, right? Aside from having their logo put on the back of the race shirt, which, by the way, our race shirts are pretty pretty nice. I, oh, I right, they are. Yeah. they're they're nice. Um, so we do a long sleeve shirt. That's you know obviously a lot more expensive. We do a tech version, which again more know, expensive, more expensive. Um, the screening of it, the, it's, it's all expensive. It's very very expensive. Um, so we do we break it down into different sponsorship levels, and we let businesses choose. So they can participate for as little as three hundred dollars, okay, um, and get a name line recognition. Okay, so we would just put the name of the business at the bottom, right? But if they're giving us five hundred dollars to five thousand dollars, they have an opportunity to have their logo put on the shirt. But in addition to that. Um, they're going to get some shout outs, you know, day of, they're going to get some shout outs on social media. They're also going to, um, a lot of the race registrations will include, um, um, I'm sorry, the race sponsorships, the corporate sponsorships, the business sponsorships. Also, depending on what amount they choose, we throw in some free registrations. Right. We want them to be part of the event. We don't want them just to give us a check and be like, here you go. This is for the, you know, the Humane Society. What we want is for them to really partner with us, become part of the event. We do a, a race day expo. Um, one of our favorite things about a lot of, you know, bigger races, marathons and such is that they have... Um, normally it's the day before expos. Right. Um, because we're not that big, there's really no need to do a day before kind of thing. But the day of, um, our sponsors could actually come in and set up and promote their businesses within um, our center. Now, we're not in a tent anymore, which makes it phenomenal. And that's a, that's a funny story. But we ended up in the Randy Smith Rec Center. And um, we're so we're so. I mean, just fortunate to have that facility to use. And they, um, businesses can come in and they can promote their business. So they have their booth. Yeah. That, that is a fun, it's really fun as a 5k runner to feel like you're in a big race environment. It's a really unique environment. Yeah. We want to take that. You want to take everything from good fun races and kind of incorporate it. So we try to make this 5k feel like the Boston marathon or the Chicago marathon. It reminds me of the, um, like the cherry blossom 10k yeah. kind of deal or yeah. 10 miler rather yeah, that's, yeah it's kind of a slightly smaller version of what their vendors look like but mm-hmm. it's it's and you but at the same time you, you're there to race it's on race day mm-hmm. the race is at is it is it at two o'clock two i always feel like it's later probably because it gets dark sooner probably but the um you roll in at like 11 11 30 and then you you can consume the whole expo mm-hmm. get your bib get ready to race and the weather for the ones that I've been to actually have been pretty good. Yeah. I haven't been to the ones that have probably been bad. Yeah. But that's really great. So as a business owner, what I see you're doing here is you've put your business knowledge and efforts into it. So you really reflected on how can we cater to different kinds of sponsors to capitalize on the most amount we can make for the Humane Society. And that's that and, that's another as another example of how you can't just throw a 5k together no. and think you're going to get 500 runners. And the idea behind having sponsorship, it was always my my business model if you will with the race was that if we could get sponsorship to incur the cost or pay for the cost. So, you know, in essence the sponsorship the the business sponsors are actually sponsoring the race per se. So, we wanted to use those funds to buy the things we needed for the race, to pay for the cost of the timing, to you know, to have a timing sponsor, to have a bib sponsor, to have right. those sponsors, so that when someone writes their check for twenty five dollars to run the South Berkeley Christmas five k, all of that money goes to the Humane Society. So that was kind of always the game plan. That needs to be communicated way stronger. When yeah. you tell people, hey. Thanks to all these sponsors, every dollar of your registration mm-hmm. goes to it. I don't think you guys slam that home as hard as you should be. Yeah. Because that's truly epic. I mean, it truly is. And man, it it's kind of a dream come true for a, a 5K producer, like how I used to be, mm-hmm. to have all of your expenses covered by sponsors. But 
if you're an, even if you're an experienced 5k race director or race director at all the more experience you become the less work it takes the first time it took us six weeks right. to do to plan and put together every step of our first 5k our last 5ks i was able to develop in 12 hours like wow <laughs> like i just we had it the course setup takes this much time Race registration, the volunteers were already trained and in place, and we could literally not even start working on it for until the day before. And like we were good. And but zero sponsors. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't as flashy because not as much effort was put into it. But the way that you're approaching it, saying, How can we get the sponsors biggest bang for their buck? You're approaching it from an experienced business person's perspective. Not only does that get you higher level sponsorships from the companies but it also covers those costs so i'm going to ask you this question i probably you, you'll have to guess i guarantee it but how many hours do you put in per race per year mm. so in the beginning it was probably like you didn't even know how much you had to do right and then the middle was probably when you were hitting your best rpms mm-hmm so how many hours do you think you put in per race? Just just you, not even Mark. Oh, just me. Um, you know, it starts off probably just even in the summer because at that point you're starting to plant the seeds, like to sponsorships. Hey, you know, we're looking forward to, you know, partnering up with you again this year. Um, it's starting in September. We go every single Sunday. This actually, this weekend is the... Um, the rate, the battle, the battle battlefield half. Yeah. In Winchester. So we'll be there, um, promoting our race. We go to every single race that we can possibly physically go to. And we hand out flyers for our race. We were actually, I saw Jenny, um, at the, uh, freedoms run right. in, in Shepherdstown. So, you know, we're there, we're showing up, we're putting flyers in people's hands. We're saying, Hey, here's a great race. We'd love to have you come, you know? So, I mean, that's, three hours, you know, a weekend, that doesn't count the time that you spend sending emails and making phone calls. And then there's just the pure developing physical. the flyer. Oh but my you gosh, can't develop everything. the flyer until you have all the answers the flyer needs. It's it's hundreds of hours. I don't I don't even I couldn't even put you know what, I Andy? probably need at some point to maybe how many how many hours am I putting into this? And you know, Mark and I as as directors, you know, it the difference between us and say like J and A racing out of uh, Virginia Beach mm -hmm. Um, this is not a business for us, right? You know, we don't have paid employees. We don't take, you know, money. We don't, um, there's none of that. Everything is volunteer. Like right. it is all volunteer work. So I, I could easily see that you were doing 150 hours, each of you, most likely for a race of that size mm. to, to really get it right. And for it to, to knock it out of the park. And I, the reason I want to drive that home a little bit is that I get approached a lot like, Hey, we're thinking about having a 5k to raise money for our blah 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 and i'm like do you want all the reasons i can give you reasons why you should mm -hmm. and i can give you reasons why you shouldn't which one do you want to talk about first and they don't ever like the reasons why you shouldn't mm -hmm. because most people believe they're different oh well that that's no we're going to find sponsors it's going to be really easy to get sponsors or oh no the city oh, so the city will charge you for police for overtime if they have to close roads i'm like you can talk to city council. They meet on certain days. Hopefully you're available. Right. Hopefully you can get put on the, the list of things for them to talk about. And then you're going to find out it's a $3,000 bill just to get the police secured. So I could create all these like cynical reasons why you shouldn't, but it's all based on what I've learned. Right. And when people think, oh, we could easily get a thousand people, bro, no, you can't. <laughs> Because unless you have a decade of time to put into it at an average of 130 hours a year to develop it mm -hmm. with you and a partner and you have experience, you're not going to pull off what you're pulling off. Right. That's, it's amazing what you've, what you've been able to build, but you, you've approached it as a, as a professional business person. So without making it your business, you've applied your knowledge and you're, you're caring and you're giving and your enthusiasm for it and your position in the community to provide an incredible, an incredible event for the humane society, for runners in December, 
spiking, and I mean spiking the Christmas spirit because many of the runners are in some sort of wacky gear out it's there. It's fun. Right. Yeah, they're fun. Uh, I know my club adores that race, and we're so excited to go this year. Um, many people were all supposed to be at a race in Florida on the same day. Oh, no. And that's where we were last year. That's why many of us I mean, weren't there. Um, but this year, those that are supposed to go to Florida – for it's it's the it's the last Ragnar of the year. It's an mm. enormous party. They're like no 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 no. I'm, we're not missing the the South oh, Berkeley fun. again. So that's really cool, and it creates that energy. But people that want to use a 5K as a fundraiser, it makes more sense to say, hey, bros and bras, or hey, race organization, can you put together a race for us? As a, we'll pay you, and then we'll just take whatever is extra. <laughs> it's like because there's nothing else. There's nothing extra. Yeah. Sometimes it's um, you know, you almost want to do that. I think that we've had several um nonprofits or you know like churches or you know community yeah. groups or whatever, and they're like, hey, we want to do a fundraiser. We're going to do a five k. Um, can we pick your brain about a couple of things? And you know, I. I always try to manage expectations about, you know, what it is. I'm like, what's the reason for your race? You know, are you doing it as a fundraiser? Are you using it to raise awareness, awareness. for your cause? Yeah. yeah. I mean, what is, what really, what's the, what's the bottom line? What are you, what is the, the purpose of the event? Um, and are you going to be disappointed, you know, if you don't have a certain amount of money left or whatever? For some organizations, they just want to break even, right? It's about awareness. They just want to get people there. They want to be able to, you know, show them what they're about. And then, you know, they just want to break even. They don't care to make a profit. And I think either either side of that is okay. I don't think there's a right or a wrong, but I think that um, with the uh, with the race per se, I try to say if you want to do what we do, even if it's on a smaller you know level, this is what you need. Let's let's break it down. This is what your expenses are going to be. This is what you're going to need to raise in sponsorship. You know, so you know where you need to. This is what you need to raise. And then you know, if you charge this much per race registration, I feel like you need to. You know, this is what your this is what your donation is going to be. You know, you just have to reverse engineer it. You got to figure out what it is that you're trying to get to, and and then just do the math. I've had the exact same. <laughs> conversations yeah. you know i'm like okay and then i i always hit him with the prices first okay look t-shirts <laughs> even with sponsors on it you know you just i mean i opened an entire t-shirt company i know to offset the cost of first providing shirts for bros and bras because we we put like 1300 in the field like that's a lot of shirts we pushed out and then at, at some point we were paying like 20 bucks a shirt so i was like you know what I'm going to figure, I'm a, I'm a figure out how to do this. <laughs> and then it allowed us to be more profitable because now we had shirts at three bucks, mm -hmm. fully screened. And that was awesome because that meant we were saving that yeah. $7 a runner. That could really make a break an organization that only gets 150 runners. But yeah, I, 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 you don't want to break the hearts of the people saying, oh, I've seen what you do and I want to do this. I'm like, if you want to raise awareness, raise awareness. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's it's really really hard to make money unless you're really coming at it hard. Um, let's talk about let's talk about. I'm looking at the wrong notes. I'm like you don't have a point. Why would you have a point of sale system? Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, Actually, I do have a point of sale system at the restaurant. So at the I don't restaurant. want to talk about that. Though. I know. I was talking to Ortega's yeah, uh, yesterday. Yeah. So um, so we talked about the pricing and how that's kind of set. Yeah. Uh, we talked about how long and sponsorships, um, what it took to make it successful. Let's talk about two more small topics. Okay. Tell me about one or two significant challenges you had after year three. So after you'd already cut your teeth on it, so like, okay, what was some challenges? Um, there, there's been several challenges along the way. So you know, first off, there was the whole you know, outside, um, venue that we had, you know, with just a tent, we were, um, just struggling, you know, with that, um, just the element, you just never know what the weather again is going to bring. And, um, there was actually one year in particular, and I don't remember the specific year. I think it might've been 2000 and, um, uh, oh, maybe it was 13, 14. I'm not sure, but there was a snow that came through. And I remember, um, thinking, um, that morning I was running to food line to grab donuts and it just started to flurry. It was like 7 30 AM. And I was like, Oh, how awesome is this going to be? This cute little, like a Christmas 5k and little people are going to be running with little flurry, you know? And I just thought this was going to be like the best thing ever. Right. 
Well, it dumped on us. I mean, it came down in just shovelfuls. And so we, we were under the tent. We were, you know, all, we were still doing it. I mean, the snow just kept coming down, but we're like, okay, we're doing it. Like they haven't called the parade yet. So we still we're moving it forward. takes a lot of time to get things set up. And, um, they finally, they finally called, they called it. We got a, we got a call from the parade and they were like, we have to cancel. We can't, even though the roads are clear and they could run, if something would happen on 81, Route 11 is the, is the secondary road that they oh, would no. need to use for emergencies. So we have to, we can't do the parade. Without the parade, there's no race. So that was, um, that was the thing that we were all, we were all there. So we were like, okay, well, let's just kind of hang out here for a few minutes. We had some heaters up under the tent. And, um, we started, we had started to unload some things and one of the young volunteers looked over at our poles. Uh, we had, it was a pole tent. There were two wooden poles that held the, the tent up and the one pole looked like the letter C it was bent from the weight of the snow on the tent. Oh my goodness. And so they were like everybody out of the tent, right? Like we, everybody just grabbed what they could go and out they went and the wood snapped. And the tent came down, you know, and, um, so, and then it just got buried in snow for, you know, a week or two. Um, but, uh, so that was the end of our outdoor, um, facility because at that particular point in time, they were building the Randy Smith rec center. Mm -hmm. So even though that was a challenge that ended up being a blessing for us. And I said, next year we're going to be in that building. And so they've been gracious enough that they allow us to use that facility. Um, so that was a little bit of a challenge. Um, they, they've done some rerouting in Inwood roads are like crazy. Like they're, you know, traffic has always been a big issue in South Berkeley. And so they're making these great changes. I mean, I mean, just strides in infrastructure that are like so phenomenal. But one of the things that they did was they shut down, um, our course used to go up through Silver and Grove development while they shut that railroad crossing down. Okay. So then we had to reroute. So there's always that kind of struggle. And as our race grew, there was a road that we used to take down towards the recycling center that now is too narrow because now there's no way to pass. You know, right. there's no way to pass. It's too many people to be on that road at one time. So again, there's always just modifications and changes. Um, so those have been struggles. Um, you know, lack of sponsorship. Um, sometimes is a big deal. It's hard getting, you know, sponsors, volunteers, huge struggle of course. Um, to get people to volunteer, um, to help out day of, even before or leading up to, um, those are challenges that we face, uh, on the daily. Um, how about, know, how about, things. how about 2019 when everybody PR'd? The entire, oh my the entire field PR'd and everybody yeah. felt great about it. That was a challenge. That was definitely a challenge. <laughs> so that was a, we had a new sheriff in town. <laughs> I, don't, new, I don't mean to bring up something oh sore. Oh my gosh. No, it is. It, I, I, at that point I was like, this is it. I'm not doing this anymore. Um, <laughs> I'm like, no more races. Um, so actually that's why I think we enjoyed the, the, the non-COVID or, you know, the, the, the COVID non-race year because we just needed a, a year to recover from that. But, um, so yeah, so they uh, we had a new sheriff in town. Um, I I met with him one on one, showed him the race course, explained where the runners needed to go, and um, they all took off and they went to make that first turn there on uh, Musselman Way or whatever the yeah, name of into that a road neighborhood, is. Yeah, yeah and uh, they wouldn't let them. The police would not let them turn. And my dad is so funny. He lives over on. Um, it's called Pedal Car Drive, but it's on the road. Once you turn at the high school and you head up towards the, the CVS up towards uh, 51, my dad has a house there and we put a water stop there. It's like about a mile in. We have a water stop. We have some music, things like that. So my dad, you know, bless his heart, he's 80 years old and he's got his tables, you know, and my brother's there helping him and they've got the tables filled with water and all of that and not a single room. <laughs> <laughs> runner went by and he was like, we were waiting on the runners. We heard the cannon go off, but we, we never saw any people. And, um, and I was, well, I, I didn't mean to bring it up because <laughs> it's a sore topic, but, um, I can, when you have so much pressure, what is a thousand person race or a 200 person race or even a hundred person race, something big can cluster it up oh, yeah. and you think you have all the pieces lined up and you take, it's easy to take for granted that everybody's going to do their job. And I'm not saying that somebody didn't do their job, but somehow the race was able to carry on. The lead runners just said, fine, yeah, I will go this way. And then they linked up somewhere, but because it's ducks following ducks, everybody yeah. just following along. I remember looking at my watch going, I am killing it. 
I know it's the, the finish line. It's just over this hill. Yeah. I thought my time's like, I am just killing it. But I didn't look at the distance. And I know, I know you guys felt really, really beat up about that. We and did. maybe, maybe some mega competitive people might have beefed about it for whatever reason. Right. But I'm the captain of one of the largest fitness clubs in the whole state. And we were all cool because it was a race and we know it's a fast race and we know we're there actually to compete with each other or ourselves, but it's in the foot race. It's not necessarily in the distance. Mm -hmm. So I remember, I remember years ago, you guys just being like, ah, man, like that was, ah, how did it happen? And, but under the weight of a race that's so big and people, if you haven't seen what 12 or a thousand to 1200 people look like at a starting line, it's a mega show. (laughs) It is awesome. And you're not even sure where to stand. And I know where I need, I need to get to the front because I like to go out fast, but like, it is a big production yeah. and you guys, you have like a stage now, you guys mm-hmm. kill it every time. And for something silly like that to fall out. It's ridiculous. I, I, would, I, I, I have to assume that that was maybe just a breaking point based on the pressures of year in and year out race direction. I don't think anybody out there is hating on it or really remembers hard about it. What they're going to remember is when the course is legit, mm-hmm. you're no longer going to have that super fast time, which mm-hmm. was not even a thing. A, a similar example, the last time I was the race director for the West Virginia Day 5K, which I think it was directed the final two years by somebody in our crew who I was on. I was at a conference or something. I couldn't be there. Um, the last time I race directed it, I, I do a – course check. So I leave my team to handle registration and to get the line started. And I usually roll up for race briefing and then the gun. But because the course is condensed, there's a lot of out and backs for that particular race downtown. I can get on a bicycle, shortcut everything, confirm volunteers and police are in place because what you can't do when you have two police crossings if you're busy dealing with registration, you can't be out there. Correct. Then you just have to assume it's good. Uh-huh. And the police, for as squared as way as they are, they don't really know. They're no. like, yeah, I'm guarding this. I know a 5K is coming. Don't know when they're coming. Don't know how long it's going to you know. And you think that they're totally brief. They're not. Right. But I, I, I rolled up to one of the intersections and there was nobody there. And it was like crossing George Street, like a major crossing. Yeah. I was like, what? So I fired the gun. Racers took off. This was at approximately mile one and a half. I rode the bike up to, no, I took my pickup truck up there and kind of parked it in the road just enough to be an inconvenience to cars coming through at full speed. So I stood there and was like, okay. And then when runners, runner leaders were coming through, they came through and a cop rolled up and was like, what are you doing? And I said, man, I'm, <laughs> Your I, job. I'm like, what are you doing? Your job. Aren't, isn't there supposed to be a police <laughs> yes. officer here to block this road for this 5k that's rolling through? He's like. I don't know about that. So he pulled over and he came out. He's like, okay. And so he started doing the job. I love it. And unfortunately, the sheriff reserve volunteers or whatever those positions are, they were on the, the north side instead of the south side. Got it. And there was like, with their flags just standing there going, I don't even know like, what I'm what? doing here. Where is he? Yeah, there, are, I know. Are there going to be any runners? You know, and, and of course, it was never, none of it was ever on purpose, but. Right. There's just so many moving parts it's in amazing. a race. Yeah. And especially when you're going through an area like you said, like downtown Charlestown or, you know, even like Inwood, you know, we're over here landlocked at the rec center and there's really no easy way except for the race route to get to, you know, around, you know, there's no back ways in, right. you know, there's, there are no, any secret ways. Like you have to drive your car on the, on the, on the race route. And, um, and there's just so many moving parts and you do, I mean, our volunteers do a great job and it was just one of those things that was an oversight, but I will tell you that last year we had one volunteer and I said, your job is to go up on that corner and you make sure that people can turn right <laughs> when they run up, you make sure there's a policeman there and they say, no, you say yes. You know, you say <laughs> no. That, yes. And I sent the scariest person I could possibly, you know, send up there. And, um, <laughs> and she, she was like, okay, I'm on it. Um, but I think that. You know, there are, again, you, because we have two water stops throughout, we have a cheer tunnel that goes through. That's you know, we awesome try too. to make, we try to make this race fun and we want people to have the same 
um, idea or concept or experience that you say that, you know, your group does where you're like, it's so fun. You know, it's, it really is about the camaraderie. It's about kicking off the Christmas season. It's about helping the people are on the, the parade route cheering. Oh, yeah. It's, it's incredible as a runner to have just rant. People don't even care about you running, <laughs> yeah, they're but like, there's like, hey, good job. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Good job, bro. You know, it's, and you're just, you're running. You're, it's like a, a cheering squad for more than half of the course. And I think that's why the race is successful because it, it, we have a, we have a couple of things going for us. First off, it is a, it's a fairly flat course, right? So even without that little debacle, it's still a fast course yeah. for a lot of five cares. Um, but also, you know, it's fun and you know, people get to dress up in their holiday gear and all of the money supports the Berkeley County Humane Society. So, I mean, it's like, it's the trifecta, you know, yeah. like there's just a lot of good things. If you're a fast runner, it's going to be a great race for you. If you're a lollygagger that wants to walk with your dog awesome. in the back, yes. we're there. We got you. So like, awesome. It doesn't matter where you are in running or fitness or anything like that. Like, I feel like we wanted our race to kind of encompass all of that. So it's like very inclusive of all it's, of it. For bros and bras, it's it's actually probably one of the most exhausting 5Ks. <laughs> because many of us, we built the tenant of the club on, you know, we're about all about the middle and the back of the pack. We support, that's who the club's about. Not the fastest, but the middle and the back of the pack. And we started that trend of running back for our people. So the first three or four runners come in and we're smoked. We're like, ah, but then we got to get juiced up. Because we know Sandy's coming in. We know Sarah's coming in. We know all these other people are coming in just a few minutes back. So we kind of jog out and then sprint them in and jog back. And then the group grows. Mm -hmm. It gets bigger and bigger. And that last runner, she knows. It's Sarah Thompson every time. Sometimes Sandy Donahue. And they're <laughs> they're winning their age group because they're in their 70s and mm -hmm. maybe 80s. And, you know. And But they're just rolling in with some little puppy in tow. and But they know the whole bro group is coming to get them. Yeah. And that's... It's such a great, great experience. Um, but I, I keep wanting to drive home just how much effort goes into it and why tough decisions for changes get made. So one of the reasons why we stopped doing the West Virginia Day 5K was that I could not create what I defined as a safe course. So your course gets closed, luckily. There's still probably some safety challenges, but at least the course is closed and there's enough people on the side of the road that there's a lot of eyes. People are paying attention. So because they closed Washington Street, which is a major state thoroughfare for the West Virginia Day Festival in Charlestown, our race does not cross Washington Street, but it starts on it and we cross one of the side streets where there's a police officer there to start to stop traffic when the runners go out and when the runners are coming back. Then they zigzag through a neighborhood and they cross over George. Then they zigzag through another neighborhood, kind of double out and back kind of deal, like, like horns, right? I heard on the last one that I produced, probably 2018, even though there wasn't somebody at the George intersection, and we got it covered, the overflow of traffic on a Saturday morning that went to the side streets became so heavy that it went to the tertiary streets as well. Mm. So on one of our left-hand turn no-volunteer corners, there was a moving truck that was stuck corner to corner trying to get around it. And our runners had to go around a moving truck and then the traffic behind it and in front of it in both sections. And I was like, what are we doing here? This, yeah. It's great to have an event. It wasn't necessarily unsafe, but it wasn't the standard that we wanted to produce. <sighs> you know, and, and it was out of our control. We can't handle every neighborhood street or close it. So, we just got – I got away from it and I used lack of human resources and um, a genuinely safe course. I'd rather do an out and back mm -hmm. on a road that's straight, that's closed, than do this kind of zigzagging for us. Mm -hmm. So it's – if you are thinking about doing a 5K as a, as a fundraiser or an awareness thing or if you think you've got it, you really got to talk to people like me and Amy and – Dr. Mark and Sarah Hodder and um, the Apple Trample outfit. Just and there's even those outfits over in Winchester. If you you got to ask all the right questions and learn if it's something that's that you can meet your own expectations. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, it's it's it definitely is a, a a lot of work and and there there is a lot of management of expectations. So I love that because there's 
um, you know, again, each year something, somebody will say something like, you know what we need? We need, I mean, I think this was like three years in. They're like, you know, it would be really nice water along the course for dogs or water bowls at the finish line for dogs. Why did we never think of that before? Like, why are we into this for three years? And this is the first time that it's even been, you know, I, we, it just wasn't those things that even crossed our mind. And, you know, so now, of course, we have those things. But, you know, each year, like I said, it's it's about perfecting it and, and trying to get a little better. Um, I would say, you know, probably the biggest struggle that Mark and I have and probably the biggest fear is that we will start stunt the growth of this race because um it's really just the two of us and our you know and what we do you know we do have some friends that will help we say we're really hard to be friends with because <laughs> nobody wants to be our friend because they always get roped into doing uh all kinds of weird things and 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 we always you know rope them into helping us but they um you know it's really hard for us to find people that can commit, you know, pe people are busy. Yeah. People's I mean, everyone is involved in something. They've got their own lives and, and to, to get them to volunteer, to do things. And a lot of times we're just, we're, we try to be better at delegating than what we are, but we definitely find that we, sometimes you just limit because of what you can handle. You limit the growth of, of certain things. And we would love to see the race flourish at some point we would love to hand the torch off to someone else and we just come on as consultants you know we get someone else that wants to you know help direct this race at some point and um and we can be there to be a part of it still and 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 give our knowledge and our resources and and pass the torch if you will but um i could definitely see that i mean you, you've had a, a solid long run but you're right at, at some point there's more sacrifices as the race directors than you would prefer year after year and who you were four years ago is not who you are now right and the energy you had four years ago is not the same energy you have now for it because maybe you have other priorities maybe life changes maybe there's like kids maybe there's moves you know a lot of things could topple a house of cards but what's great is you have a very sturdy foundation a very sturdy structure for your thing you're right somebody could step in or a, mm -hmm. a consortium you could pull together other race directors that had a passion or an interest in it and say, listen, you are just in charge of sponsorship. You and a team of two are going to go out there and get every sponsor we can. And I'm going to set you up for success over the first two years. But this is, this is, you are the sponsorship director of this race mm -hmm. and people who care, but to find people that have the passion to take on those responsibilities. It's not about whether they can do it this year. Or even next year. It's like, can I rely on you in year three and four where I don't need to help you at all? Mm -hmm. I need you to be the person in year three and four to really take, to be the community champion that helps make this event happen. Just in your lane. Mm -hmm. And if you help out otherwise, definitely. But we need to make sure we have the right people. And that kind of comes down to just what they call board of directors development, right? Making sure you have the right, right. people who have the long-term commitments. And that's so hard. And, so, and, and here's the other thing from... Race directing is scary too. Have you had any uh, medical issues on course yet? Not yet. Right. Not yet, but I know that you did, and yeah. I know that from that point it traumatized Mark, my husband, and, um, and were you guys so there? Mark was. Oh my god. Mark was, and he said that from that point, um, I mean, that's one of the the first calls we make is to make sure we have you know, someone on site. Now, again, you know, where we are is a little easier than some of, like if someone were to have a race, let's say at Poorhouse Farm. Right. Okay. Um, that's a little out there. You may have to pay for something like that. It just so happens that our ambulance authority and, and whatnot are, you know, in I view. Of, Almost on of, course. Yeah. Yeah. Along the course. So it's, um, so it, 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 it's a little easier for us, but yeah, that definitely is something, you know, you just always, you hold your breath and you just, you just hope that nothing, you know, traumatic happens, you know, like that. Um, it, it's, but you just, I mean, you just never know. I mean, yeah. And, and and it, for me, it's scary. And when Chuck passed away on our course from a, a fatal heart attack, I mean, I, I really reflected hard on what did we have in place? How well did it go? And I can, I rattle around in my head and I only found one little piece, one little piece. And that was impossible for me to fix, mm -hmm. which was when the first call came in, it was described as being by the Creek. Mm but it was a dry Creek where it happened. Mm. And I went with my pickup truck as the first responder 
to what I thought the creek was. And I, there's no way to educate all your participants on what the landmarks are around a course, but um, it changed my entire approach to um, providing an athletic event where people have to use their bodies. And even though we had all the waivers and it wasn't so much a liability thing and there really was no negligence and, mm-hmm. you know, the Ellison family didn't like come after us or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, it, you never know. And it's so scary. Everything from a twisted ankle to, um, somebody not understanding what a road closed is like somebody who's maybe not maybe elderly, just kind of drove through the cone and was like, why is my road closed? <laughs> and it could run over somebody right. even with a, a light incident. It could really be scary. Mm-hmm. Um, even lightning strikes, just the dumbest things could topple a race mm-hmm. or not topple, but topple your energy. And I only brought that up because it's, it's not without risk. Sure. And there's so many people and it's, it's really sketchy. And I'm, I'm sorry that Mark had to witness that, but it, I'm sure it was an exceptional lesson to learn. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, just, you know, in life in general, you know, like not even just as a race director, but just, um, you know, it just, it, it gives you pause. It makes you think about, you know, a lot of different things, you know, makes you just evaluate, you know, um, but definitely from a, a race perspective or just any event perspective, just always making sure that there's, it doesn't matter how many times you cross your T's and you dot your I's, there's always going to be, there's always going to be something out there that is sort of out of your control. And, um, but you got to stay vigilant. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Last thing before we plug all your information, when it comes to websites and stuff, tell me one or two of your favorite successes besides donating six figures Mm. to the Humane Society. One's two, tell me two things that you're extremely proud of about the race. Mm. Um, well, I mean, obviously already noted, I'm proud of the fact that, um, it has grown to be one of, you know, the largest 5Ks in the state or the largest 5K in the state of West Virginia. And I would, I would argue to say probably one, one of the largest in just the tri-state area. Sure. Um, whenever you look at 5K, just just 5Ks alone, because there are lots of races that incorporate 5Ks with 10Ks and, you know, whatever, and they've got large numbers of people. But when you're looking at just a, solely just the 5K, a one race event, um, you know, I think that that's, that's cool. So I'm, I'm really proud of that. That's awesome. And, um, you know, and I'm, and I, I like the fact that, um, I'm proud of the fact that, you know, Mark and I are, you know, are able to have um, a skill set where we take, like you said, prior knowledge, whether it's business knowledge, whether it's, you know, my time spent as, a, as an event planner, whether it's, you know, he has a DJ background. So where maybe you had to buy out some PA equipment, you know, that stuff is sitting in our basement, you know what nice, I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's actually getting some use. Um, so I think that's probably the biggest thing. And just, just incorporating in I, I, the proud moment for me, I think a lot of times is when people actually come to me where I, there was a shift where I felt like a lot of times I was going out and I was either asking people for sponsorship. I was getting, trying to get people to run our race. I was trying to recruit volunteers. I was trying to do all of these things. And now we're in a season where people come to us, where I get the text, Hey, are we still doing that water stop this year? We're ready to go. We've got everything geared up and ready. You know, we got a call yesterday from the Army National Guard. They've got 37 troops that that, that so want to come, soldiers that want to so come. Good. They want to they want to be they want to participate somehow. Like some want to run the race, but others want to help with finish line and set up and that kind of thing. So when you get sponsors that are starting to reach out to you and say, "Hey, I want to sponsor your race. Hey, I want to That's good. I want to do this." I feel like that to me is probably the the biggest I don't know. That's a great feeling. Yeah, that that's good. That that's good. That's something to be proud of. That and being able to work with a, a county organization or a city organization and to to be respected by them as the go tos for something that really makes the event more awesome. We still have to hustle, though. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not totally. just sitting back expecting people to knock on my door. Like, right. I still have to hustle. So let's go ahead and do that. Then let's talk about how do they contact or who do they contact and how. For sponsorship, volunteering, or for registration? Um, so a lot of different things. First off, you know, the Pete's Oven in Inwood is my uh, my home base. So, you know, anyone can ever call there and just ask for Amy and just say, hey, we're interested in helping with the race mm-hmm. or we want to run the race or whatever. Um, and they can um, 
you know, leave their name and phone number there. Um, obviously, social media is, is one of the easiest places. So um, on social media, I'm Amy Myers Peters, but um, the event is the South Berkeley Christmas 5K. Um, there is a Facebook page there. And of course, to sign up for the race, they can just go to run sign up and there's a link there for the South Berkeley Christmas 5K. So I think that covers most that of the bases. Covers, yeah. yeah, all of it. And it is Sunday, December the 4th this year. Um, Sunday, December 4th at 2 p.m. And um, I think that's pretty much the gist of it, right? Yeah, that's Am I it. forgetting anything? Yeah, or just stop so. into the pizza oven and yeah, ask for and Amy and drop but a card. We're always she... looking for, yeah, we're always looking for volunteers. We're looking for people to, um, you know, to help. We're looking for definitely sponsorship. We're looking for participants. You know, all of that, all of it. It's, it's a great, it's a great time. I'm, I'm excited. It's actually today's Dece uh, November the 4th. The race is December 4th for 30 days. 30, 30 days, days out. out. Good. Hopefully this gets produced today or tomorrow and we'll get it shared with people. Well, I guess that's it. Thanks for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Today's conversation was brought to you by Bracken's Painting. You can find information about Bracken's Painting at www.brackenspainting.com. For all of your residential and commercial painting needs, give Brackens a call.